Welcome on in. Enswell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at protonmail.com. Ah, yes. Welcome on in indeed. A very, very special weekend. A historic weekend. A momentous weekend. As we look ahead to a hugely significant car in the Wembley Arena on Saturday night. So on this episode, I'm just going to have a little look back over time and see exactly how far we've come and exactly how far we are likely to go. We're going to hear from some previous guests. We're going to hear from some champions, world champions, and just champion people in general. So wherever you're at, whatever it is you're doing, pop in those headphones. Allow me the privilege and the pleasure of being in your ears for this episode as we look back and listen to some true greats of the game that we love so much. I heard somebody say years ago that the Irish should forget their history, but the English should never be allowed to forget it. And I guess for years I genuinely believed that. For the longest time I did. And I guess there is an element that you can understand to that term or that phrase or whatever you want to call it. But thankfully over time I suppose you learn, you grow up, you educate yourself, you cop on a little bit, and, and yeah, you just you just mature. Um It's very convenient sometimes on this little island of ours, this little backwater, this little um this this uh, this land that likes to see things in black and white, but has so many grey, shady areas. It's it's untrue and it's scary at times. It's very, very, very subtle and suitable to be selective. And it suits some to block out, to ignore, to forget, or just to choose not to remember certain events or passages in time. While others can just regale at will, fado, fado, back in the day, in the good old days, yara, yara, yara. Now, without going too deep into the weeds, in my opinion, this little island of ours, this country, as a whole, we need to face our past. We need to share the light into those dark corners. We need to man up. Whether it was a church tyranny, whether it was government inadequacies, failings and, being honest about it, corruption. There's been a failure of this nation to acknowledge, to recognise and accept that at times in our history we are no better, no better and in my opinion worse than some of the very worst oppressors throughout history. It suits us at times to blame the quote-unquote English or to blame whoever. And what we've got today in society, one of the real joys for me and for many others that love boxing is to see the wealth, the depth, the absolute surge of incredible Irish boxing girls. Now this is a phrase you're not going to hear me use too often. I don't say women's boxing, girls boxing, female boxing. I rarely ever use it. In fact... (laughs) I've had to practice. I've had to practice this a couple of times. I, I, it's not something that sits comfortably with me. I did an interview with Sinead Cavanaugh last week, and I said it to her from the first night I watched women's boxing. It just became boxing. 
and that's the way it's been and stayed. So to say it a couple of times in this episode, it's going to be a bit uncomfortable, so bear with me. But you're going to hear from trailblazers. You're going to hear from women who were told no and were were actively put down and stopped on many occasions from fighting, from wanting to fight, from training, from being what they wanted to be for no other reason than because the man said so. Now as a man, as a male, as a... As a that's, that's embarrassing to think about it. At times... You, you almost want to apologise for it. Of course it's not for me or any other individual to do. But what we can do is make it better. Make it real. Make it make it true. And that's what we're doing. So when we look to tomorrow night, it's brilliant. It's amazing. It'll be razzmatazz. It'll be all the lights. It'll be all of the lights. It'll be everything. But it's important, I believe, to take a little look back over the shoulder, a little nod, and just remember those who didn't have it so lucky, who didn't have those amazing nights under the lights with every bit as much talent, every bit as much finesse and commitment and endeavour and absolute heart. Now, when she hit the headlines in 2010 or thereabouts, fighting for titles, world titles and the scene and news, still getting a little bit of news headlines, but um, she had... She had a big international experience behind her as an amateur. She had trained pretty much like a pro in a, in the uh, the very first Irish female team, and as she's told stories over the on the podcast in the past about almost practically living with top Irish athletes, the likes of Kelly, Kelly Katie Taylor, Kelly Harrington, Sinead Kavanagh, and more. She witnessed at first hand the commitment, the work, the dedication the endeavour, the everything that goes into this. You know, she's also walking the talk, and that's the nice thing about Kelly. Kelly is talented. There is some of them talking shit, I have to say, and it is hard to listen to when somebody blowing themselves up and they're not there yet. But she can talk the talk. People can listen to that and take on something. Having cast off those shackles, walked those inane, ignorant views and ways into the muck where they belong, we're witnessing right now a golden era of Irish boxing for, for for girls, young girls in Ireland. Whether it's Neve Fay, Evelyn Nagaro, Chloe Gabriel, Dana Morehouse, the list is endless. And that's before you even get to the elite high performance unit in Abbottstown. And I suppose it's human nature. There's still a tendency in some areas, by a few, to never be happy, always complain. And find something new, that something next something, to complain about. And the champ has our own views on that as well, on how to, how to highlight things, and when. When I did interviewed, I've always said that, Alan, that they should really stop, maybe women themselves maybe don't talk or complain, because I feel that the more you kind of complain against the critics, Men and women, men, but there's women of a older age group too, fairly critical, and look their nose down and shit. This thing of the more you complain, the more it brings it out that we're not getting what we want, and then I feel then 
we're handing, handing ourselves to the critics. I feel we should be, you know, maybe talking with the positives of what has just happened and then make maybe people turn their heads and go, everybody's looking over there or listening to that. What are they listening to? And then maybe get them more interested. Even go from the point of view of like, when are people going to realise what they've missed rather than the fact that, you know, why are you missing it? Wait, are we going to do what we've done with the best singers in the country? Um, you know, are we going to put up their statues when they're dead? Are we to acknowledge poetry when it's when they're dead and gone? Which has happened to most poets and most writers. And are we going to do the exact same with the first woman to put us on the map in boxing? Like? Fascinating points. Brilliantly made. Highlighting positives, which pretty much suffocates haters. But what a brilliant point also, how we only recognise here in Ireland our very own, our very best, oftentimes when it's too late and when they're gone. One of these gripes, hot potatoes at the moment, of course, is people incessantly whinging and moaning and banging on about one way or another, is three-minute rounds. And again, if that was the only issue in the past or that was the only thing they had to overcome to get Olympic boxing or international or world, wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, would it? Of things then, and Tina was the British champion. So I only remember that everybody was doing minute and a half rounds, but they came into the change room and they said, uh, Katie Taylor's doing two minute rounds, and Christina McMahon, because Tina Dell is the British champion, and uh, she needs two minute rounds. And I was thinking, Thank yes, I needed it for my kickboxing. Everything was just falling into place, and it was, I was delighted to get that. The, probably one of the biggest points about Saturday night is that up to now, we've had Katie on big cards, we've had her co main on massive cards in Madison Square Garden and the likes. Tonight, tomorrow night, is all about herself. It's her card. She's top of the bill. She owns that card. All eyes on her. And it always, always amazes me how somebody who is really so uncomfortable at times in the glare of the media spotlight, how she carries herself, how she holds herself. Even in those darkest moments of her amateur career where she, she stood speechless, gawping, devastated, absolutely heartbroken. The eyes of the world watched. Any other sports star would have been interrupted or would have been preempted or would have been known to respect that she not just looks for but commands in, in such a natural way was there as, as we saw her in, in the full glare of the media. And, and Christina talks a little bit about the media and how difficult it can be at times as well when you're in that front firing line and you're just not used to it. And of all the memorable special nights that she can recall at will and that we many share with her with her and of course her, her husband and trainer Frick throughout that career there were many many great nights but there was that one truly memorable special night where she boxed in Zambia against a young up and coming star who everybody wanted to tell us was too young and too fresh too strong too everything listen to the champ relive this one I hope, I hope, I'm doing it some justice by um, being able to compact it down into just this brief couple of minutes, but I can recall so many of the stories she told us about 
traveling over there and all the games that were played then in subsequent trips to America and Mexico and that beautiful memory of, of the the mask card memorial card of Grandad as she made her way to the fight that night goosebump stuff but she sums it up perfectly as we look ahead to Katie's fight tomorrow night top of the bill and many other young girls around this country get to live and watch and know that if they want to do it in the future that they can here's how she sums it up what a way to to just put a little uh, circle around it and a line underneath it she never lets us down ever and in these tricky few weeks and months that we've had and, and let's face it it is a phase it'll be gone soon we'll remember it talk about it curse it give out about it but we'll take what we what we've taken from it each individual has to but what's been very glaringly obvious from this for me is that the ones who are paid to lead expected to lead obliged to lead have been found wanting whether it's in ireland the uk us france canada wherever wherever there's been a dramatic shortfalling in where and how the very ordinary people of the street in everyday life the ones that count have been cared for and advised. And for me, it's been looking at and listening to our stars, whether you're Marcus, Ra- Marcus Rashford, or whether it's here in Ireland, it's Kelly Harrington, or whoever it is. These are the people, the ordinary people, who every day go out of their way to do something small, whether it's a reply to a message, whether it's a an online training session, or whether it's campaigning for, for school feeds, school dinners for, for kids with with little or no means. That's what real leadership is about. And that's what real people are about. Another wonderfully received episode that we worked on and had great fun doing was with Belfast Boxer, who was later featured on the BBC documentary The Void, which highlighted the role that boxing can and does fill for young Irish girls and women all around the country, and not just world championships and European titles and everything else. Louise Welsh trained out of Holy Trinity all her life and then reached reluctantly a time in life that we don't, I suppose, imagine or ever have to think about when we're younger. But Louise talked an awful lot about what it meant to her, what was involved in it, and I suppose the big part of it then was life after boxing. I started boxing when I was about 14 in Lisburn. Boxing club, my granddad was a coach there. Daddy used to box for them and then... I started getting, I was just kind of training and I'm going to start getting a bit more serious about it and wanting to compete. Um, my daddy says, right, I'm, I'm going to move you. And took me over to Holy Trinity. This one was a brilliant club, a brilliant place to start off, but I just want that wee bit extra. So daddy took me to Holy Trinity. I think he knew Brian McGee at the time was training there. Um, and Harry and that. And then I just, yeah, started at 16. Well, if you have listened to this little piece, she talks about her sparring partner for a good four or five years or more as she boxed her way through the club and her career. That chap tonight boxes live on BT Sport is Cuevina Giarco, a phenomenal, phenomenal talent who is absolutely destined for greatness in the middleweight division. It's very important for the young lads, just as well as the girls, to see the girls training and, and get used to training with the girls because the club I'm in now, like the likes of Keevan Hines, I've known Keevan for only seven. 
McKeven used to be my sparring partner, believe it or not, until he got to about <laughs> maybe 15. Boys get the 15, 16, and they're just too strong. Bear in mind, I'm seven years older than Kevin, so I was 20, and he'd have been 13, 14, and we used to cut lumps out of each other. That won't surprise anybody in the boxing game who's used to being around it. But for Manny, when you look at this fella tonight, and you watch the power, and you watch everything he is, he's carried a lot of that through his amateur career also. But again, it's in the culture. It's in how it's implemented. It's in how the coaches put practices in place to allow young lads and young girls around the same weight spar, train and work together on a daily basis. So much so it becomes normal. It's just how you create that, I think. It's just the the coaches giving the girls exactly the same training as the boys. Treating them as not being soft with them. If the boys are getting a ball again for not training hard enough, then the girls get it as well. Some coaches say, oh, I don't know how to coach girls. You coach a girl the way you coach a boy. And there's a lot of people be listening now as well. Boxing fans in- included who might think, yeah, that's okay, let them fight, let them fight, until it comes to their own little girl, until it comes to their own daughter. And this is where the twist in Louisa's story came in, because her wonderful dad, wonderful coach, just a wonderful all-around person, Drew, was there front and centre every step of the way. I was very lucky. My cloak's my dad, he was always a coach. He was always there, soon he came to make him wait, or for having an off day, or it was just good to have that support in-house, but... He wasn't overpowering me. He was never overpowering with it. He was just my biggest fan and biggest support. And he put me in a place and I needed it now, coming up to competition. And again, compacting the whole story into this couple of minutes, came to the part of the story and Louise's story and in her life where she had to um, reach the decision herself first, become comfortable with that, and then and then explain it and break it to her, her dear old dad, her coach and her, her pal. And it was a, it's a beautiful moment in the episode it's a beautiful moment, I'm sure, in her life and in his life and one that they will, no doubt, in future talk about when there's many little grandkids running around the place. But <laughs> that's for the future. And Lou wraps it up perfectly then by talking about the impact of boxing, the importance of it and what it's and what it does on those days when nothing else can. Telling him, I'd kind of dropped hints. Um, saying, oh, I'm 30 now, you know, there's not many people box amateur past the age of you know, 30 and dropped hints and all. I think he knew it was coming. Um, and then when I did eventually tell him, I think it was hard for him because like he says in the interview, it's, you have to be a realist, you know, and you have to admit that you are getting older and you can't box forever. And there's, there's other things in life. We've all had a bad days and boxing is one place for me that just, I don't know, it's just, I can't even sum it up. There's just something, the passion in it and the love for it, you know, and being that ring and just biting down the gum shield and... A subsequent episode, I chatted with a true pioneer, and uh, I don't use those words lightly. If Irish fans aren't familiar with Stacey Copeland, then go look her up, listen to her story, listen to her TED Talks, look at her career. As a footballer, her natural boxing talent, those skills alone would make her special. But her endurance... Her grit, her determination in the face of incredible injury, adversity, they only multiply her true worth and her values. On top of all that, she's an advocate, a shining light for minorities, for folk who are marginalised, bullied. Simply put, I guess you could say, she battles for those who at times maybe can't battle for themselves or, or, or don't see, don't can't see a how or a why. For a reason. She's 
she's somebody that I remain in contact with that is just ins- inspiring doesn't even come close as I said look it up look her up listen to her she she does she's got so many different skills and talents but she does it all with a, with a wonderful hearty and generous laugh and it was just one of those episodes again that you take with you and st- still even now listening back to it it's, it's incredible you know when when you do go through times of adversity and find a way through it in the future when further tests come you kind of know that you can because you've done it before and I think because there was a lot of tests that came early for me perhaps I started to build up ways and learn strategies to cope with setbacks. I guess as humans we learn from mistakes even when we don't realise it I guess we are and by mistakes I, I should include mishaps adversity in general. Boxing for Stacey was her first love and it was so natural, so normal, so part of everyday life, she didn't even have to give it a thought until she had to. To be honest, being in the gym as a kid, I didn't really notice that I was a girl, which sounds daft to me. There was no, it was just, I'm in the gym with my granddad, with the, you know, obviously the, the people I love and all my little mates having fun and boxing was fun to me. I absolutely loved it. It wasn't until that time when we went to granddad, me and a couple of my mates, um, and we were the age when you can box. And that's the point where we were like, oh, you know, ready to box, we've got to get a medical and get carded. And it was like, well, you can't box. And obviously I was told women's boxing was illegal. And I was just like, what? I just couldn't believe it. Um, so that was like a massive setback. And then obviously simultaneously there were the barriers in football because girls weren't allowed to play with boys at the time. And there was no girls teams because the football association didn't recognise it. I was about seven then, and it never occurred to me looking back to think that I was really humiliated when they because they made me leave the pitch in my first game for school because they realised it was a girl. And I know I felt I didn't have the words for it back then, but now I know I felt humiliated and weird and thought I must be something wrong with me. But it didn't occur to me to stop. It was more like right, well, how can I play? And God knows where that comes from. I, I do not know. And that thing that she refers to as it or where it comes from is evident throughout. Not just through the interview, not just through her careers, not just through her adversities, her comebacks, her everyday advocacy through her foundation paved the way. It's evident in this next little section. It isn't the end of the world, but it does feel like the time because it takes away your identity, your purpose, you know, what feels like everything. And you don't understand why, you know, and it's a bit like, why is this happening? And you know, you can end up feeling a bit sorry for yourself and feeling negative and all that, which is natural. But I think you have to believe that there will be good to come from it. If if you can't even see it straight away, then eventually there will be something. And looking back, there has always been that. We're not done yet. Horrendous injuries as a footballer. Knee injury, knee reconstruction. And then subsequent injury then when she came back boxing in the UK when everything happened to overcome all of that ended up with an injury, got treated in hospital. The story is, is well known. As I said, I'm not going to go into it all here, but she ended up from the treatment that she had with some horrendous chemical burns on her leg, which ended up taking longer again. Battled through all that and still. Just not. And I think what, what I've kept in my head is that when, when I set out to you know try and become a world champion, I never said, only if everything goes my way. That was not on the end of that statement. It was, you know, I want to be a world champion, whatever it takes. And I didn't know what that was going to take until I, I literally cannot try because my body takes it away or whatever takes it away, then, then I won't. And since I've passed my medical and got my license again, you know, and I had 
And then two weeks after this happened, I also didn't know a pandemic was going to happen, but it has. As I said, when she's not playing sport, when she's not kicking balls, she was training, boxing. And uh, throughout the pandemic then, she got to focus more and uh, zero in on her her foundation, which is, of course, a paved the way. You can find that online as well. But she tells stories here about how, how she believes sport can be the catalyst for change, whether it's in everyday life, whether it's in the world, whether no matter what it is to do. And it's the cornerstone of her Paved the Way Foundation. Sport's one of the most powerful things on the planet for bringing about change. And what, what happens in sport impacts home life and work life and other parts of society. So it made sense to use that as a catalyst for change. And the other way that it's changed is it's become about equality for both genders. Because since I've been doing this, I've had a lot more contact with parents who've said, do you know what, my son faces the same stigma. Um, that he really loves ballet, but he's given up because he gets picked on. In this interview I did with Stacey back at the beginning of the very first phase of lockdown, when it hit first. And uh, I could genuinely play it all right now and be motivated, inspired and invigorated by it. She had some words of advice then for people in general, sports people, athletes, Olympic athletes, but people in general. And finished out with just a simple but beautiful everyday story which she can then draw parallels into the sporting world and into the everyday world. You cannot control what's happening on the wider scale, so let go of it. Control what you can, which is keeping your mindset strong. It's about the leaders in stepping up now. So if you're part of a team sport, the captains need to get a grip of this straight away. Yeah. And if you're in like a, you know, an individual sport, you're still part of a team. So the coaches and the boxers who take on those leadership roles within those teams should be saying these things to do that from the age of five or six. That, you know, me and my boyfriend were wandering along the road uh, the other day when we went to drop off some food for me, me nan and granddad. And there's a little little boy on his bike with his dad and he fell off and he was like all upset and his dad, you know, was doing that. Come on now, keep going, you know, trying to G him up. Yeah. And, and I thought that in a, in a tiny split second is what sport gives you throughout yeah. your life. That ability to yeah. you, you fall off the bike, it hurt. He was afraid of getting back on. He felt a bit disappointed. He was a bit embarrassed because it had happened on the road. And uh, he, But he got back on. He got back on the bike and his dad was there coaching him, mentoring, geeing him up, you know, encouraging him, which is what coaches do and family and friends get behind us. And, you know, that, that kid sucked it up, took a deep breath, got back on the bike, put his little helmet back on. And that was it, you know, pedal to the metal and off he went again. And as he went past us, I was like, well done, mate. And he was beaming and smiling. And I thought that in a, in a tiny thing it is what sports does and on a massive scale that's happening to every potential Olympian that's how they've got to deal with it get back on the bike and get on with it and that's what sport gives you it's, it's incredible really without you noticing it yeah. that is what it does and I hope wherever you're listening to this sat in your chair driving your car in the office in the garden wherever it is doing the shopping whatever the crack whether you're in Australian Coles whether you're in Newbridge and Tesco's whether you're in Dublin in God knows where, traffic. <laughs> I hope when you just close your eyes for that split second, you can imagine, you can almost see that little fella on his bike and you can almost see the scene. And it's a scene we've all come across many times in our life. But for Stacy and somebody with her leadership and with her qualities and just with her the way she is, I think it's the only way I can, I can really sum it up. Uh, she's able to bring it to life. And, and even there, as I was editing it in, I could almost see it. Nearly done. How do I follow all of that? 
We follow it with the matriarch. We follow it with the lady who literally, literally paved the way. Who went to court. Who suffered indignation of being refused somewhere to stay. Of being refused pay. But still somehow, somewhere found it within her to pick it up and take the fight. And if that fight hadn't have been made, if she hadn't have carried her fight through the courts, I, I can't say for certain that there wouldn't be girls boxing today. But I can say that it wouldn't be in the healthy state that it is in today because they probably would have had to take an awful lot longer to get to the row, to get to the fight, to get to the absolute crux of the matter and to ruin it out. There's only one lady I can be talking about. She's the she's larger than life character. She's an absolute diamond personality. She's not one bit shy. If she needs to be putting somebody in their place, they will get put in their place. But she's an she's about as real and about as beautiful a person as you could ever hope to talk to, befriend, entrust, converse with, or just have the crack. Of course, of course, I'm talking about Jane Couch. She, I hope is 10 foot tall this weekend and I for one will be sending her a message as I do after any of the really good fights we see when the girls are fighting I said I hope you're proud and that's all I can say for Jane Couch is Jane I hope you're proud because there's a whole generation of, of, of female fighters right now right this weekend that are getting to sit down and watch their idols and because of you they can dare to dream they can dare to believe and they can absolutely endeavour to achieve this little interview was done with Jane round about this time last year, just after Terry Harper won her world title, just before Katie was, it looked like was about, was set to fight Serrano, which hasn't happened yet. And listen now, Jane almost foresees the likes of Chantel, Savannah. She can see it. She knows what she's looking at. But the burning question was, will we ever see a card which features all female fights? Now about to step up another level if that's possible Chantel Savannah and listen what about our girl Stacey Copeland I mean what is there to say she's just special isn't she oh she's great she's great oh she's just she's special and she's really fucking brilliant with people and kids and she's just well she's just an ambassador isn't she I love her to bits and Chantel like Chantel's I'm telling you she's got some of her I see the training at Jamie Moore's and she's re- but again she needs that opportunity, don't she, again? Like, Terry got the opportunity. Chantel needs it, and Savannah needs it now. Because we've got a good crop of young girls. Young girls, not Katie's towards the end. Adams is retired. You know, them older ones, it's... Leave it to the young ones now, because the talent's there. Without blowing bubbles or anything else, it must feel good. I know you had to go through it all, and I know you've, you're well documented to say that you'd rather not have gone through it, but I don't believe that the, the kids of today are equipped to deal with what you dealt They're a lot more delicate. They, they like to be in their bubble. Yeah, like yeah. It, well, it's like anything, and it's even kids now. You pick some... I, I had a lot of shopping the other day, and the girl in Tesco went, do you want an Ankari? And I went, no, I'm all right. And she was like, wow. <laughs> and she's a young, fit girl. And I'm thinking, and it wasn't even that much shopping. You know, it was just a few bags in a box. But they're just different now, aren't they? The kids are just different. But you wouldn't want any of them to go through it. Look, I had to go through it. I did it. Boxed on some of the biggest stages in the world. But I never could see that from America coming to England. But last night, it did. The way the crowd got behind us, she's got proper support as well. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. It makes you so... makes you go, do you know what? Fuck the lot of you now. After what you've done to me, fucking good on them. Because they must be, like, 
it must be like chewy glass for them. They must they must be hitting at the boxing board, hitting it. I just feel like now, I feel like I'm not on my own and I think if I'd have had that support then it'd have been amazing, but I didn't. But look at it now, it's just gone it, like you said, it's just gone full circle. It's fantastic. Just so pleasing. I think once the drama's made as well and see how actually bad it really was and the way... Because I know there is a, stone, a few problems. In the presented the belt last night, the one from the boxing board, he was the one that said to me, um, you should be at home doing what women do. And he presented the belt last night. And you could see in his face, he was devastated that he had to present that belt. Do you think much has changed out or just not saying what they're thinking? He's like... moved on massively. And, and a lot, again, is down to the media as well because you've got people like yourselves doing podcasts that no boxing. So you've got people that do the podcasts and stuff and they don't really know boxing, but you know it, and a lot of the others know it. So when they're getting the stuff out there, that's again helping helping the boxing world, not just the women, the the whole of the boxing world. Because you know yourself, there's a lot goes on with the men as well. I think a lot of them, a lot of it is disguised, and they just can't say it because they get undrawn and quartered. But they could say it back then, and they could get away with it, and they're still saying it now. The state saying it to each other, just not in front of the girls and the girls' trainers and that, but it's better, it's definitely better, but I do think there's still that, I don't know what the word is, that they don't really want it, that. And because it's getting bigger and the standard's getting better, they just, they can't argue it, you see. They can't, they make themselves look dicks by flagging it off. The end of the fight last night and the crowd on their feet for Little Terry and I looked at the ninth, the last round for Katie Taylor in Madison Square Garden against... um. Delphine Pursuing and I just thought look at the crowd just look the camera goes around the place but this is the thing as well you don't know like, how much bigger it's going to get like once it is for um, Serrano and, she, and she, she probably I think she could beat Serrano they're all saying about Serrano while she's this and that and don't get me wrong she is brilliant but Katie's not bad and she I've seen I've, I've been out in training camps with Serrano and, and she's good don't get me wrong she's good I just don't think she's that strong. I don't think she's as strong as Katie, but no. They're doing all the talking. She's always fought at that weight, where Serrano's fought at the lower weights. I just think Katie might just do it. But what, like, and then say she has another fight, say with Chantelle or somewhere, and then she retires. Then how much bigger is it going to get after that? See what I mean? I don't know if you've seen the fight, but it was Holly Holm and Sophia Mathis and... Oh, Mathis knocked her out terrible. Like, in that, the ref should have been, like, thrown out and never allowed to ref a fight again. But what it did for women's boxing, it was like we all looked at that fight and went, because that's how we've all been fighting, but it just hadn't been televised. And we looked at that fight and was like, fucking hell. And there's YouTube clips on it now, and it, it's just horrendous. It's just, you wouldn't think it was two women in there. And the way she beats her is just unreal. Like, an old girl's bill probably in the next few months will probably be massive because there's such great talent and such great fights to make, you know, but is the money there? Is Sky willing to back it? Is, you know, are the sponsors going to go in? I don't know. But then, who would have thought we'd have been watching that last night and watching Katie at Madison Square Garden? We wouldn't have thought that five years ago, would we? So anything's possible, that is the question. The sky is the limit. We've since had Caitlin Phelan win her world title. We've had another girl turn professional this week in County Waterford, Kate Radomska. It's just non-stop and it's all down to these trailblazers. Take a moment on for Saturday night when you remember what's gone on. You remember the struggles and the battles. Enjoy it for what it is. Know where it's come from and play your part in bringing it forward. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks to all the guests that have given me their time. <laughs> <laughs>